You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Today is a rare, raw, and ridiculously powerful episode on a topic that you don't often hear about in the entrepreneurial space. Leaving a successful business to go back to the nine to five world. What? Like mind blowing. Today, I sat down with Anna Marie, also known as the Marketing Mermaid, who is a creative and results-driven marketing strategist with a passion for helping businesses grow. With over 14 years of experience in the industry, she has a proven track record of developing and executing successful marketing campaigns that drive engagement, increase brand awareness, and generate revenue. Anna Marie's unique blend of creativity, strategic thinking, and analytical skills allow her to craft innovative solutions tailored to each client's unique needs. Clearly, this woman is a marketing guru, but today we kind of stepped away from the marketing strategy conversation and went deep for the heart. Anna Marie shares her journey of building a successful multi six figure business, and then after six years, choosing to step away from it and back into the corporate nine to five world. She breaks down why she made that decision, what the process of closing her doors and finding a new job looked like, what she learned along the way, and the fears and emotions that she had to overcome on the road to this next step. We cover what her life and job looks like now, misconceptions about the corporate world that are no longer true, and just in general, how pivoting as an entrepreneur does not equal failure. So if you're feeling a slight nudge that maybe you should consider stepping away from your business or stepping back into a corporate job, or maybe you are just an entrepreneur wanting to learn some tips from Anna Marie on building a successful business and her journey there and how to create a sustainable business, then this is the episode for you. So grab your favorite beverage and let's cozy up for a powerful conversation on the realities of being an entrepreneur. Calling all business owners out there. Are you constantly getting ghosted by potential clients? Uh, Okay, jokes aside, right? No matter what you do, you're always just hearing crickets after you send your initial email. Well, friend, we've got you. We know what it's like. And in fact, pretty much all business owners and creative entrepreneurs experience ghosting to some extent or other. While you can't make your potential client email you back, there are definitely some solid strategies to fix this issue and get booked more. So we're here to help you problem solve that issue. That's why we wanted to share our top eight pieces of advice to hooking your potential clients right from the get-go and leaving them screaming, yes, let's do this. If you are ready to get that kind of reaction from your clients, just download our free guide, how to keep potential clients from ghosting you at theheartuniversity.com forward slash ghosting to hook them right from the get-go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Anna Marie, welcome to the show, friend. We are so excited to have you here today. Hi, hi, hi. I am so excited to be here as well. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a good, good conversation and juicy as I'll get out. So before we dive on in, can you maybe just tell um, our listeners, you know, all of us listening into today's show a little bit about who you are and what you do and 
introduce Anna Marie to us. Yes, my name is Anna Marie Shropshire. I am commonly known as the Marketing Mermaid, and I own the Marketing Mermaid Co., a social media management and consulting agency, for six years before doing the unfathomable thing and getting a J-O-B. <laughs> oh my goodness, you said it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, that's what we're going to cover today. We're going to dive into that story because I feel like, and I said this before we started recording, but you do not hear this story. Like, no. ever. Um, it was a very rebellious act. <laughs> yeah. You said, screw the norm of entrepreneurship. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so... You left a successful business that you built, you know, self-employed entrepreneur, and you went back to a nine to five, right? Yes. Okay. Can you give us like a little background on when that happened and kind of your heart behind that decision and all of that? Yes, of course. I mean, it was a very, it was a very big decision. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really have to take you back to the beginning of my business and what my intentions for my business were. Mm-hmm. You know, six years ago, if we rewind, I had just started dating my now husband. We were talking about marriage. We were talking about family. We were talking about what do we want our lives to look like, you know, in this next chapter, right? And I decided to start a business with the intention of earning some time freedom and some yep. financial freedom. And yep. I think that is a very common goal. I mean, those yeah. are very common goals for a lot of entrepreneurs, right? We, 100%. We see a lot of business owners on social media and they're like, this is what I get to do while you're working today, right? <laughs> yeah, I get to true. take my kids to Disneyland. Like this is the, the power of entrepreneurship. This is the mm-hmm. power of business ownership. And with those intentions... You know, naturally, I I got a little lost along the way, and I started taking on tons of clients and and building my business and building my team and and scaling, you know, my revenue. And really, six years later, I found you know my husband and I got pregnant, and I'm starting to look at okay, is is this is this it? Is did I do it? You know, did mm-hmm. I did I build this business? with time freedom and financial freedom and and really the answer was no mm-hmm. and and really what happened is once my daughter was born i found myself having plenty of time to be present and intentional with her however we'd be playing together or i'd be rocking her to sleep and in the back of my mind i'm thinking the funnels that need to be edited the emails yeah. that need to be responded to the social media posts that i need to create the next launch that's happening in 6 weeks mm-hmm. you know my brain was still in business mode right yeah. even though my physical body was in mom mode and wife mode and life mode my brain i just could not turn it off and i felt like I was missing out on magical moments and like real authentic connection with my daughter yeah. because, because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't giving her a hundred percent. I was giving her what I could, you know, with everything else still on the brain, you know? Yeah. And, and I think business owners, we talk about all the time having solid business boundaries. And yeah. I felt like I did, you know, I, I would close the laptop and I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. giving you my full attention. But if you can't turn your brain off, you yeah. have no boundaries, right? Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and, and it's so hard to do that, right? Because there's yeah. not, 
like a, an actual physical barrier to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, I went back and I, I said, okay, my intentions for this business was, was time freedom and financial freedom. But mm-hmm. do I really have time freedom if, you know, maybe I'm only working 20 hours a week, but my brain is on my business 80 hours a week. Yeah. Is that really time freedom? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it's because like our, our businesses are almost, and I know some people probably hate this phrase, but it, it, it describes as closely as it can you know, this, the connection and energy that it takes, it's, they're like our first babies Um, or they're like a baby in and of themselves. And it's like, it takes all this nurturing and all this attention. And sometimes things go crazy wrong. And sometimes it's in a happy season. And, you know, it's just like, it takes all of this attention and it's really hard. I'm sure for you, um, transitioning into like having a a actual, you know, human baby in front of you too, but feeling that pull to another baby that required all this time and attention too. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't being the mom that I wanted to be. I wasn't being the wife that I wanted to be. You know, I consider myself a very intentional person and I was just seeing myself like outside of my body. And I'm like, this is not what I set out to do. This is Mm -hmm. not what I want anymore. Yeah. And so in that last year of my business, I did change my offers as we do as business owners, right? Offers change throughout seasons of our lives and our businesses. But I went from less management, more consulting, and I was able to continue the same revenue without spending as much time. Mm -hmm. But as you know, with consulting over like a retainer agreement, your income can be $50,000 a month. And then the next month, it could be $2,000 yeah, a so, month. It's so true. <laughs> so that doesn't feel like financial freedom either. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure it adds stress. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it adds stress of like, oh, what are my bookings for the next month? Oh, you know, or like three months yes. from now or whatever. Yeah, it's, it, there's still a mental load. Exactly. And if you, you know, I know you guys have people on your team as well, but, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of how much income the business is bringing in that month, your people still expect to get paid on time. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, rightfully so. Yes. But, you know, so it's like, okay, yay, we had this like banger month and we're doing amazing. But there's kind of all that always, that fear of, Mm -hmm. well, if next month is slow or if the next three months are slow, I still need to be able to provide for these people's families as well. Yeah. So I felt like my my debit card was like handcuffed to me. Like I'm like I can't even enjoy the success that I'm achieving. And yeah. I'm like this is not financial freedom. Like yeah. <laughs> this is this is not it. This is this is not time freedom. This is not financial freedom. This is yeah. not what I want. You yeah. Know? So you yeah. then at that point kind of like that was the awareness. That was the moment where you were like you know, over time and even trying, I love that you mentioned that you went through the effort and the work of mm-hmm. being like, okay, you know, you, your first instinct, I'm sure was not like, ah, throw, scroll, throw it all away in the trash. It goes, you know, yes. like I'm, it sounds like your first instinct is, <laughs> yeah, no. I am done today. <laughs> like your first instinct is what I think any entrepreneur would be of like, okay, you know, some my ultimate goals and my purpose for this business are not being met. Let's do yes. some shifting. Let's, let's rearrange pivot. some offers. Exactly. Yeah, let's pivot a bit. Yes. And then you pivoted, it sounds like really successfully. And you still came up against the same question and the same answer again. And that's what was that kind of when you were like, okay, I need to make a drastic decision or like consider a drastic option here. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a process that took about a year. I don't yeah. think I actually considered employment or a job till fall of last year. That's when I started like really like looking at like what positions are available. What does the Mm -hmm. salary look like? 
you know, I had to go back and rewrite a resume. I hadn't had a resume in 10 years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like who needs a resume when you have a business? Yeah, right? seriously. So, no one. <laughs> You know, I did, I pivoted to consulting and that was awesome. I created an online course, which as you know, is a really easy way to kind of decrease your time load, mm-hmm. right? And yep. still be able to make money at the same time. I created some digital products that helped as well. But regardless of how much I scaled my time back, I couldn't turn my brain off. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just close my laptop and move on with my day without thinking, okay, are my team members feeling supported? Are they feeling appreciated? Are they actually doing what they're supposed to be doing? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Um, You know, and then then you're always thinking like, okay, well, quarter two, like I have to pay quarter two taxes. I have to follow up with my accountant. I have to do this. And it just lives rent free in your brain at, at all times. And I was like, look, I think I'm ready to get off this roller coaster. Yeah. And so, you know, once I started like really just like Googling and looking on LinkedIn, what was out there, I decided, okay, wait, hold on a second. You know, I've been in social media. I have been in marketing for 14 years now. It'll be 15 years soon. And when I type in 15 years of marketing experience, you know, these are director level VP positions. Yeah. And I was looking at the salaries and I'm like, hold up. Like I can make <laughs> more money, like more take-home pay, right? Because yeah. as you know, like revenue and take-home are always different. Yes, completely like, different my things. take-home pay can be higher. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and that's really what sealed the deal was like, okay, mm-hmm. if I can find a company that really respects, you know, me as a person and me as a mother and also pays me what I feel like I'm worth, Yeah. then like, this is a conversation I can start having. And mm-hmm. um, by the way, nobody wants to hire a CEO. Learn that very quickly. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, can you, can you talk about that? Oh what do you mean? Tell, tell the tea. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the tea without spilling, without saying any sort of names, right? Yes. There is a very, very well-known female-owned company. They're all over social media. They wanted to hire me to be a VP of marketing. That was the job title. And I came into the interview and, you know, one of the questions was, you know, how do we know that you're not going to steal all of our business secrets and go start another company? Oh, (laughs) wow. Okay, you're clearly not hearing my heart in this interview right now. You know, wow. like, like I just spent 20 minutes telling you about why I'm leaving this business. Yeah. So we went back to the resume drawing board and I changed my title. I was like, look, I can be anyone I want to be in my own business. So I took the CEO title off, changed it to director of marketing. And that's when all the interviews started pouring in. Dang. So that's a piece of advice that I would give to anybody wanting to transition from owning a business full-time is really recognizing that, you know, these fears that some of these companies have are real. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they, it is a first impression. So they don't know your heart from the start. So mm-hmm. that was a strategic messaging move made there on There you go. Part. There you go. You put your marketing <laughs> skills to use on your own resume. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, know your audience, know your audience, oh, change the messaging. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait, I kind of want to touch on, because I feel like you're kind of giving this in in the, the story of mm-hmm. your transition and everything, but are you willing to kind of share a little bit about like, what was that process of kind of 
closing down your business? Like how, if you're willing to share, like how did it look like letting go of your team? How did it look like telling your clients how much, you know, time and space did you give? Did you start applying for jobs before you began downshifting your business? Like all of that process I'm sure was so much. So even like an overview that you're willing to give would be awesome. Of course, of course. So it was, it was a very, very slow turndown. That's Mm -hmm. what I would, and I would, I would recommend that for anyone, right? Because you don't know how quickly you're going to get hired. And so I needed to start sunsetting some of my services. So I stopped taking on new social media management retainer clients. I was opening like the limited spots for consulting went from eight to four so that I can just turn down like what my, what my time um, requirement looked like in my business. I did end a couple contracts and with my retainer clients sold a couple contracts to people I had been mentoring. And so a lot of people that I had been mentoring that wanted to open social media management business, it was like, Hey, here's a client. This is what I can do. Yeah. Also, I have a team member that is now looking for an employee, like looking for employment. She's amazing at this already. She already knows this client. So like, here's a client and a team member. Wow. So good. (laughs) So I really did try to support my team as much as I can in that transition. Because again, you do feel responsible for your, for your team members, right? I didn't want to just burn it all to the ground and say like, sorry guys, this is where the dust settled, you know? So, you know, the clients that wanted to continue services, they, they went to one of my mentees and then, um, yeah, I did have to just let a couple clients go. And then funny enough, I had two clients left and one of them ended up firing me. (laughs) So that made that conversation way easier. There you go. (laughs) You know, it's funny though, but like when I think about it now, it's like I had one foot out of my business for the previous six months. Yeah. That probably showed up in my work and in our work, right? Yep. So they... As much as you hate to admit it, you're like, yeah, yeah, I probably could see it. Yeah. Yeah. they, They could feel it happening. They had already... By the time they had quote unquote fired me, um, I, which I think is just such a funny word. But by the time they fired me, um, they had already interviewed and found another agency to work with. So they had, they had been feeling like I was making a move already. And if, yeah. if that was showing up in my work, which it probably was, you know, good on them. I want them to, yeah. you know, I want their businesses to still succeed even without me. I think mm-hmm. we all want that. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. My last, the very last client was their contract ended December 16th and I started my new job the second week of January. So, so it was nice to be able to enjoy the holidays. I mean, the holidays Mm -hmm. is such a busy time for a social media marketing agency because people are doing, you know, holiday giveaways or doing big Christmas specials. They are changing to a winter menu if it's a restaurant, Mm -hmm. right? Um, they're hosting a lot of live events. They're doing fundraisers. They're doing yeah. charity balls. So a lot's happening. <laughs> so much was happening, and it was always a really busy season in my business. And I was like, 
oh, thank God I don't have to do this anymore. And I woke up Christmas morning, didn't have to post any Merry Christmas posts. Oh (laughs) my gosh, freedom. (laughs) Didn't have to respond to any DMs. It was just so good. And I was like, yes, this is, this was the right move. I actually get to, you know, take the time to make a big breakfast for my family. Whereas before my husband was doing that, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, um, yeah, so I got to enjoy the holidays. And then the second week of January is when my job started. So I didn't really get that much of a break. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> in, all, in the grand scheme of things, it was very short, especially holidays are crazy. So it's it probably short. felt very fast. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, in that six years of owning my business, I took plenty of vacations. That's like mm-hmm. one of the best parts about owning a business is being able to work from anywhere, especially yeah. if it's an online business. But like how many vacations have you not taken your laptop to? you know? Yeah. And is it really a vacation? Like you just take it because you're like, what if I need it? And sometimes it doesn't get opened. Most of the time it does. Sometimes, you know, like we can, we're still responding to DMs. We're usually responding to emails. Mm -hmm. So it was the first time in six years that I wasn't worried about checking any of my inboxes because I didn't care and I didn't need to. So So yeah, that was the first time I had a real vacation. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, wait. I have some questions along I have a million, but I'm going to try to try to get my brain to lock in on a couple. For you now taking this transition, so you've been working at, you know, w- under somebody else, I guess I should say. You've mm-hmm. become went from owner to employee um because I don't know if your job technically is like 9 to 5, but you are working a, a corporate job again or with with other people. What has that felt or looked like? Because obviously, you everything that you're mentioning that you were wanting, you mm-hmm. can absolutely you know get from a nine to five. But there's yes. also trade offs. There's also like you're losing some freedom or some you know mm-hmm. abilities when you let go of the entrepreneurship world and step into that. So, are you kind of willing to share what a little bit of that process and transition has looked like for you? Of course. I mean, the biggest one was I had to learn how to be like corporate professional again. Yeah. <laughs> like not learning her. Best. I mean, I had all of my professional attire still, but like I had to, because I was the boss and I created a culture in my, in my agency that was very much a let's deliver on our let's deliver on our retainer clients let's deliver high quality service high quality product but like let's be ourselves right and and creatives can kind of be off the wall people sometimes right like (laughs) for sure (laughs) not necessarily people that fit into this like professional corporate category yeah so one of my earlier challenges in when I started my job was I remember um, one of the employees that reported to me was being really disrespectful. And mm. I I wanted to default to, you know, Anna Marie, the marketing mermaid and be like, hey, you know, I really appreciate you bringing this to my attention. However, like if we're going to have this conversation, I need you to speak to me respectfully, you know, really set that boundary yeah. of like, hey, I want to have this dialogue with you, but let's do it in a respectful way. And those kind of boundaries like just don't exist in corporate America. People are, at least wow. in my experience, right? Like people just be people and you're kind of expected to be like, I'm so sorry I did oh that. Oh my gosh, you driving know? crazy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that was really hard because, you know, I, 
I pride myself in in the in the phrase of like you teach people how to treat you, right? Yeah. And so there was a little bit of a humbling experience that had to happen, of course. And then there was also a way of like, okay, I just have to figure out like how how I want to be treated and how I want people to conduct these kinds of conversations with me now under this corporate umbrella again, right? Yeah. And yeah. thankfully, I have an incredible boss who completely understood where I was coming from. And I was just like, this is not okay for someone to speak to me like this. How can I move forward? You know, I, I had to like practice being corporate again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was one of the major challenges. I will say that I haven't had any challenges when it comes to time off. My, That's you know, my boss has been really, really great if my daughter is sick or if I'm sick or if I'm like, I just, I haven't seen my brother in six months. Do you mind if I go to Guadalajara for a couple of days to go see him? She's like, yeah. go have fun, drink some tequila, see you later. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I would say, yeah. And you know, it's been really, really great being able to shut my laptop at the end of my work yeah. day. You know, we we use a project management software. So my boss always knows where I'm at in my work. So I have a lot of autonomy in my role. And it's nice to be able to just shut the laptop and go be a human being mm. after work, right? Yeah, that's yeah. so good. If you are loving what you're hearing on today's episode, then we wanted to share something else you might love, The Heart Shop. It's our digital resource online shop for creative entrepreneurs. The Heart Shop is your one-stop shop for all of our online courses, luxury website templates, PDF guides, social media graphic templates, and illustrations. If you've been at your wits end with your website design and you don't know where the heck to create a high quality pricing or welcome guide to give your clients an incredible branded first impression, ooh, we got you. <laughs> we created The Heart Shop to serve you with the best tools and resources you need to successfully run your business. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and start browsing the goods. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and we'll see you there. Want to know what both Evie and I use for our skincare? Our absolute favorite non-toxic skincare products are without a doubt Primally Pure. Yes, if you've been searching for a natural, non-toxic skincare company, you can actually feel solid about using, knowing that the ingredients won't harm you and are derived from nature, then I'm not joking when I say that you need to try Primally Pure. Evie and I have been using Primally Pure for our skincare for a couple of years now, and we are legit in love. Like, we love that every product has minimal, safe, all-natural ingredients that, I'm not joking, smell divine and make our skin look and feel healthy and beautiful. Yes, yeah, some of our favorite products that we've used from Primarily Pure are their charcoal deodorant, the cleansing oil, their lavender complexion mist, and their clarity serum. Like, Every freaking product of theirs, we're not kidding, knocks it out of the park as far as quality and making our skin feel incredible. For 10% off your order, you can use code Heart and Hustle. That's all caps, no spaces at checkout using the link in our show notes. We know that you're gonna love Primarily Pure as much as we do. Again, that's code Heart and Hustle for 10% off your order today. What do you feel like kind of almost backtracking? Because I I know. It, when you're, like we said, when you are an entrepreneur and you have your own business, it's like a baby. Mm -hmm. And I know that transition 
of, you know, not only shifting back into corporate world and, and figuring out all the, you know, all the ins and outs of that again, navigating that, but also, you know, letting go of something that you've poured your life into for the last six years. Can you kind of touch on the emotional mental journey that you kind of had to go through in that transition? Like, was it hard or by the time did you, you made the decision, did you kind of feel like, no, you know, I, I know what I want. I know what I'm feeling. I don't feel any sort of, I don't know, regret or pain over this transition. It is time. Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, I think by the time I was interviewing, it was, I'm ready. This is good. Yeah. This is me, you know, moving forward. But what I did not expect was that I did wrestle with my identity a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, who am I if I'm not an entrepreneur? I yeah. identified as an entrepreneur for a really long time. Who am I if I'm not the marketing mermaid, right? Yeah. This, this brand that I had poured my heart and soul into for so long. It was like, who, who am I without these things, right? Yeah. And I decided that, well, I'm still the marketing mermaid because I own the trademark. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> I own the trademark and that's just that, right? And love and it. And I decided that, you know, regardless of the position that I'm in or the company that I'm at, it doesn't change the experience that I've gained. It doesn't change the, the success that I've achieved. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I decided like I'm still going to be the marketing mermaid if I, even if I do have a corporate job. And so I yeah. told myself, I said, I will do guest blogs. I will get on, you know, podcasts. I will do YouTube shows. <clears throat> I'm still going to show up as that marketing expert without necessarily having a business, right? Yeah. I can still be a marketing thought leader, right? I mm-hmm. don't love that word, but like a thought leader in this space, in this industry, yeah. you know, without needing a business. Who says I need a business to do that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I love that. It's so good. And that's so true. I feel like that's so relatable too, of like the identity thing. It's so easy to be like, oh, yeah. my identity isn't in, you yes. know, what I do or my job or my success right. or whatnot. And then you come to a moment like that and you're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And what I will say too, that during that time in business, like, as you know, I, I, and you probably do too, I believe you do, but like, I spent so much time working on personal development, really Mm -hmm. strengthening my mindset and, and really kind of dispelling, you know, beliefs and like, you know, uh, beliefs or fears. So that part, was, I think, easier for me six years later. You know, the mindset work in that first year is an absolute, you know, thing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So I think all of that mindset practice throughout the time in my business really did prepare me for that step. And I Mm -hmm. I do carry a lot of those same practices with me now. So Um, good. Being able to say like, you know, is this somebody else's fear or is this my fear, right? Um, Yeah. I'll give you an example. When I announced that I was leaving my business and I got a job, I had so many people come into my DMs with like, I'm so sorry, you didn't fail. Like you tried so hard. I had someone come into my DM that said like, I wish you re- you could have reached out to me. You know, I could have helped you save your business. And I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> like these people were projecting their own beliefs about success and their own beliefs about business ownership mm-hmm. and their own beliefs about getting a job onto me. And I was like, that's not where I'm at at all actually yeah. like 
this is what I wanted. I didn't want to save the business. The business was at its peak. I, yeah. you know, we were at half a million dollars a year. I did not, it did not need saving you guys. I yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh man. I feel like that's hard though. Not only, you know, people's, yeah, the, their own perceptions, but I, at least for me, I don't know if you feel this, I, my pride would take a hit there and I yeah. would be like, oh, do people think that I've failed? Like, do people think yeah. that the business has not worked well? Like that's, it's yeah. the opposite of what's happening. It's so big that it's taking all my time, you know, like exactly that would exactly. be hard. Yeah. And I would say, you know, the message stings. And then mm -hmm. within the mindset work and the personal development I did, I just, it was very easy for me to just draw that kind of emotional boundary yeah. of like, this is coming from their own beliefs about yeah. this, right? Yeah. About employment, about business, about this. Like, this is not what I believe. This is not something I agree with. And mm -hmm. just really getting comfortable with knowing who you are and feeling really confident about the decisions and choices we make, yeah. you know, you stop looking at others for approval of those decisions, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, I see so my daughter is thriving. My marriage is thriving. I mean, we are in year seven right now. And let me tell you, year seven is a good year. It's been Aww. a great year. Um, I love it. And, you know, I, I finally had the time to start therapy. That's been fantastic as well. Mm. So I look at you know, I'm looking at the proof here and it's like, this is not proof of failure yeah, <laughs> at all. Absolutely. There's no proof of failure around here. This is, this was a decision I made because I wanted life to just be a little bit easier. Yeah. And honestly, I don't feel like I failed. I feel like I just moved forward. Yeah, it, exactly. Is that failure? You know? <laughs> no, not at all. So, but it is funny. Our perceptions are yeah, so and, interesting in that. I think it's just feeling so damn confident in your decision that it doesn't require anyone else's approval, right? So you know, good. I talked to my my husband about it and I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I took him out to dinner. I was like, I'm going to drop this bomb on him right now, you know? <laughs> and, and he had watched me, you know, from my very first contract all the way to now. We'd been in relationship the entire time. And he was just like, Anna, I think it sounds great. You know, mm. he was so unbelievably supportive. So and, good. you know, once I got the job offer, we went out for champagne and we celebrated, Aww. you know, and um, yeah, it it just feels so good. And I, I really do want other people to understand that it can feel good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To kind of drop all that weight, right? With each contract that I closed out, it was like a weight coming off my shoulders. And yeah. I was like being able to like stand up taller and sleep better and mm -hmm. eat better, you know, yeah. just because the stress was relieved. That's, yeah. that's not failure to me. You know? I completely agree. <laughs> I think that's so, I think it's so good to have this conversation too, because it's yeah. so rare to hear it mm -hmm. in the entrepreneur space. It's almost like we've idolized entrepreneurship and self-employment. Yeah. And there is obviously, there's a reason for that. And it's a yeah. wonderful, you know, opportunity that we have, especially in today's day and age and with online marketing and all, like it's wonderful. And clearly wonderful. we've, we both have done it for years and we both, mm -hmm. I'm sure you still love it. Like I love it. But yeah. there's also this thing to be said of like, Hey, sometimes 
you know, it's not for everyone. Sometimes it's not for every season. Sometimes it's like there is something else for you, whether it's stepping completely away from your work and, you know, stepping full time into motherhood, you know, stay at home mom or whatever, which is just as valuable as, you know, running a successful business. Or for you, it was like, hey, I want the freedom of, you know, motherhood and all this without that responsibility of like, everything's on me and everything's on my shoulders. So I am going to continue, you know, to do work I love, but for someone else. And it has allowed like this freedom for you. Like it's, you don't hear this very often and it's no, so you don't good. Hear it. And there, there is so much shame that is rooted in your business feeling, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we see this all the time when we have friends or followers that want to start a business and it's a fear of success or a fear of failure that is stopping yeah. them from scaling their business or pricing out their offers, um, you know, where they want it to be, right? There's so many conversations about worth, but there's really so many conversations that are just rooted in fear of failure and fear of success. Like I did what everyone is scared to do, but I didn't do it out of fear. Right. And, and that's the difference. And I want people to understand like these, these stories that we we build in our head of like, oh my gosh. And I, I went through this too last fall. Like, oh my gosh, if I get a nine to five, I'm going to see my daughter even less. And I'm going to, you know, be working even harder and be stressed out. I'm never going to have a vacation. My salary is going to be capped. Absolutely not true for me, any of those mm-hmm. things. Right. But we have these stories in our head that we believe. Yeah. And, you know, they're just, in my experience, it's just not true, right? Mm-hmm. You get a company that pays you a respectable salary with a great bonus structure and stock options. Hey, your salary is no longer the ceiling, babe. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> good. If you have a company that allows you to have the freedom of having a side hustle, even better. We've got a couple of those. They're doing well. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so good. It's like the option, like, like almost like this, we've put this picture of you know, corporate America, which I believe there's, there's some, a lot of truth to it, which is where that kind of, you know, right. There is a lot of truth to it, of course. Yeah. And it's where a lot of this conversation came from. And Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurship, especially in like the, the online space really has exploded over the last like 10 years. Um, it's come from a lot of those, you know, rough situations or very unpleasant experiences in the corporate world. But totally. I love that you're like repainting this picture of what it can look like, especially now that the opportunity, like think of all of the businesses that have exploded or built up in mm-hmm. the last 10 years in the online space that have so much more freedom than a traditional like corporate nine to five used to look like 30, 40 right. years ago, you know, 20 years ago, whatever that is. True, yeah. It's like so much has shifted in that landscape. And mm-hmm. as long as you know what you want and you know what you're working, Worth and you know, you know what you're working towards and your goals. It's like I love that you're coming to the table and being like, "Hey, it's possible, and it it's doesn't possible. have to look like what we've built this horror story <laughs> into in our heads." Yeah. And you know, there's a saying that I live by. I love that you said that because there's a saying that I live by, and it was something I used to preach to my followers and the people that would come to my live co- uh, coaching calls and the people that would come into my consulting containers. And I would say it gets to be easy, it gets to be fun, and we get to have it all. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is like a lot of these things, we make them out to be so much harder than they need to be. And yeah. we we say, well, you know, taxes are boring, so I don't want to do that. It's like, okay, well, what's the easy route here? Let's hire someone who's a professional, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. it gets to be easier than we 
than we think it needs to be, right? Mm-hmm. And we do get to have it all, you know, this idea of this, this limiting belief of, okay, my salary is going to be capped. You know, my income potential is going to be capped if I go mm-hmm. to a job. Is that actually true? Or is this a story that we're building up in our head? Yeah. Are there companies out there with stock options available yeah. with a bonus structure tied to, you know, the revenue streams? Like, yes, yep. of course, they're all over the place. And like you said, the, the corporate landscape has changed so much, especially, you know, if you just take pre pandemic and post pandemic, 80% yeah. of our workforce are now working from home. That yep. in itself is a huge shift Crazy. in the corporate landscape, right? Yeah. That's um, so good. So, you know, I think really what it comes down to is like, you know, are these stories I'm telling myself, are they true? Or Mm -hmm. do I just believe them to be true? (laughs) That is so good. I love it. What would you say, I guess, last kind of question before I get to the the rapid fire. What would you say to the person who's listening to this, who kind of feels this tug on their heart and they're Mm -hmm. like, this is this is what I need to hear um, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But they're, you know, they're scared. They have all emotions around like their baby, their business. What would you say to that person? I mean, man, I feel like I need to like drop a Oprah Winfrey quote quote right now. (laughs) You're like the pressure's on. You know, what I would say is identify what success looks like for you and keep the main thing, the main thing. And as long as you do that, you know, everything else can fall to the wayside, honestly. Um, Amen. I will say that like, you know, now that I'm on the other side of this journey and I I imagine I will start another business eventually when I'm ready to do that. I will say that I might not have been in the situation that I was in the sense of like being so busy and feeling so kind of overwhelmed by everything is if I had stuck to one piece of advice and that piece of advice is treat your business like a big business from the start. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Get those contracts in order, separate your finances, open that business account, right? Get your website and your brand locked in, get those offers priced fairly, you know, treat your business like it's a big business from the absolute start, you know? A lot of the mistakes I made in my business in scaling, in in pricing, in just like legal mistakes too, Mm -hmm. was because I didn't feel like my business was big enough. And I I was like, I don't have to trademark this or get a contract (laughs) for that. Like I'm nowhere near that. That's for big businesses, not me, right? (laughs) And it turns out like the, not last year, but the year before, because I didn't have a very simple terms and conditions little blurb on my online course, when it got stolen, no. <laughs> my online course was stolen no. by someone who I thought was a friend <gasps> and someone who had taken it. And because I didn't have just a legal small print at the bottom of that course, she got away with it. No, So that was like a really big turning point for me. But very, you know, just have someone look over your website, make sure you're protected, mm-hmm. make sure you've got the business bank account and, and the personal bank account separated. Make sure mm-hmm. you've got a good accounting system. I don't care if it's QuickBooks, like, you know, yeah, make it easy for you. Um, that is definitely what I will be doing different next time. Whatever yes. next time looks like, I have no idea. I own all <laughs> these trademarks. So there will be, <laughs> there will be a next time. I just have Aww. no idea what it will be right now. 
I love it so much. I'm so excited to see what it is. Oh, Anna Marie, you are incredible. I could talk to you forever. This is such a good conversation. I think you probably know the last three questions we ask just about every guest. If you are a reader, we'll start with the first one. What is a favorite book that you've read recently? Oh my gosh. I love this question. I did not read a fun book for those entire six years. Oh no. <laughs> I know. All, well, all my books were like mindset and personal yeah. development and, and business and, and, business marketing. and finances yeah. and, and marketing. And I was like, I said that in my interview, you know, why? what's one biggest reason why you want to get a job? And I was like, I just want to read a fun book again. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite book that I've read recently, this is my third time reading it now, is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible person. Um, incredible writer. And um, right now I'm actually reading Mad Honey by Jodi Picoult. So yeah, I think it just like went on like a banned book list in like 10 different states really so it feels kind of rebellious to be reading it um, but funny. I love I love Jodi Picoult I have read like 20 of her books um she's like a safe space for me in Aww. the nonfiction world Aww. um but yes, Mad Honey. Great book. Almost done. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I love it. Okay. You might have already answered this next one. Um, but if you feel free to say it again or say something new, whatever you want. What is the biggest lesson that you have learned in business? Yeah. The biggest lesson. The biggest lesson would be not treating my business like a big business from the start. Yeah. Not thinking that... Like, it doesn't matter if I change my logo three times in a year. Like, actually, it really does because your audience starts to freak out. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know, our unreliability. Unreliability. The perception yeah. is, oh my gosh, the risk of working this, with this person is so much higher because what if she, you know, pivots again? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so treating good. your business like a big business from the start. Biggest mm. lesson that I will share with anyone who is willing to listen. Oh, I love Get it. that branding locked in, mm-hmm. <laughs> get your messaging locked in, get your prices locked in. You know, there's so much room for pivoting, but mm-hmm. things like contracts and accounting and all the boring stuff we hate to talk about, get that stuff dialed in as soon as possible. That's so uh, good. And then you can start having fun, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> get your ducks in a row and then have a blast. <laughs> and then have a blast. I think a lot of the time we have a blast first and then we get our ducks in the row as we need them. Yeah. And usually by then it's too late. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And the stuff starts to explode. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, Anna Marie, you are incredible. For those who want to just connect with you, whether like, you know, ask you questions about your journey or share where they're at or just follow along on your life, anything like that, where can people connect you, find you, all that good stuff? So right now I am most available on threads. I jumped onto the gravy chain there. Love. (laughs) (laughs) When I uh, started in the corporate job, the first thing that I did was turn all of my social media on private. Mm -hmm. So threads is currently the only place that I have a public account that won't last forever, but I'm really enjoying the privacy right now. So So I see the requests come in. I get about a hundred a day. Like I approve some people, you know, so, um, send me a DM, send me, send me a request. I'll see it. As long as you're not some like creepy crypto guy from <laughs> another country, like I'll approve it. Oh, <laughs> There's too so many creepy good. crypto guys on Instagram it's right now. It's so <laughs> true. It's like all you get in your DM requests sometimes. Yeah. 
But you you have an amazing audience. I mean, your your audience is so kind and mm-hmm. they're mostly women. So it'll be yeah. very easy for me to tell the difference. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It stands out. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Anna Marie, thank you so much for your time, for sharing your journey and your experience. This is such a valuable conversation. We are so grateful that you are here today. Thank you so much for having me on. This was an absolute joy. 